Welcome to the Underground Playground Podcast with your hosts, Steve and Mike. We're bringing you the voices and personalities of the physical culture world, so listen up. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mike and Steve with the Underground Playground Podcast. We're here with Jared Pullmutter. JP of Brick Fitness. Hey, JP, what's going on, buddy? Tell us about yourself. Hey, what's happening, gents? Uh, yeah, on the quick, not to bore anybody, name is JP. Uh, started Brick in Los Angeles in 2010, late 2009. Been an affiliate since uh, the early days and uh, grew that location, just to keep it short and simple, grew that location to a number of licensed partners across the United States and a couple overseas. And uh, here we are basically 10 years later and excited to communicate with you guys and have the opportunity to come on and uh, share my thoughts and perspectives, whether or not anyone gives a shit to actually listen to it. (laughs) Awesome. So, yeah, um, I know Stevens uh, talked to you a little bit before. Uh, We're just kind of talking about this whole COVID-19 situation and, um, you know, gyms closing, gyms opening you know, um, some of the stuff that's out there on the CrossFit affiliate message boards and other, you know, gym strength and conditioning and just kind of what's going on in the industry right now and, and what we see happening. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, certainly I would imagine for the three of us, based on our age, I would say that, uh, you know, unless we're 100 years old, we've never really experienced anything like this, uh, you know, as far as a, a disruption in business. I mean, I can you know, I know Stephen probably, you know, familiar with this, but I was, you know, I was in South Florida in, in a commercial based, you know, kickboxing locations back in when the market crashed, you know, 2007, eight and nine. So, uh, you know, that's probably the closest experience I have to having a budding successful business that all of a sudden is, you know, abruptly basically destroyed by, you know, an economic downturn. And then, uh, Steven, if you remember that, that shit was all hitting the fan the same time we got whapped with the hurricanes, Yep, yep. uh, was around the same time. And of course I got huge into buying and investing in, in uh, vacant land real estate at that point. And, uh, I got really hammered hard. <laughs> yeah. Great, great, great timing. Yeah. But you know, I will say like, you know, owning a CrossFit gym, well, you know, I was a police officer, so I had a steady check no matter what I did 27 years as a police officer. And, uh, so I had a steady check coming in, but uh, I, I got to tell you, like, you know, I had my CrossFit gym at that point and, uh, you know, we, uh, we actually started getting more members because it seemed like the people that were paying all that money for personal trainers decided, hey, group fitness is a lot more economical for me. So we, we in a way, you know, just like Lastman said, it was almost like a recession proof type of business model at that point, you know, so we did okay with that part. Yeah, we got beat up a little bit in the in the commercial martial arts world. It was an extremely premium product. It was a heavily saturated market at the time, you know, especially in South Florida. There was a martial arts school on every other corner. Rents were skyrocketing at the time. Uh, and, you know, when you were in premium areas, which, by the way, you know, mirrors and mimics a lot of what we're dealing with today. And then hurricane hit. And not only did we have an issue of people economically str- struggling, but, uh, you know, we were forced I remember, you know, my location in Aventura was shut down for weeks and weeks and weeks. We had zero power. They were running a generator and it was yeah. a disaster, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's like, this is just a, a 10 X version of that, you know, but 
you, you could never prepare for this. You know, this is like one of those, it's funny, man. We, you know, we have those conversations amongst us friends and then with, with parents, right? And you, you talk about scenarios and situations and you're like, ah, man, that shit will never happen. Why you worry about that? That'll never happen in our lifetime. What are you fucking crazy? Yeah. That can't happen. And then now here we are, dude. We're literally living in a sci-fi, you know, uh, like bad, you know, Brad Pitt movie. Like, yeah. This is this is how all this is how all the zombie apocalypse movies start, right? With a virus, you know. Yeah. Dude, we're living in it. Like, and then all of a sudden, I don't know if you guys saw it. Just to, just to, for a few shits and giggles before we go dig deep. But if you saw, um, what was it yesterday or the day before? They started releasing some of the military video of UFOs. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, of course, you know, without going way down the rabbit hole on this, you know, the the the, the concept always was the concept behind a lot of these conspiracy theorists too is that. What the government does is they slowly over time desensitize you to reality so that when it's released, it's not like in the movie where the fucking spaceship lands and everybody right. goes crazy and burns building down. It's like the spaceship lands and people are like, oh, it's about time. You guys are fucking late, right? <laughs> yeah. We've been betting on you. Yeah. And it's like, dude, now with all this stuff that's been going on and these videos being released, like, bro, a, a UFO could land in my backyard and I'd be like, bang, check it out. Yeah, you just put your you put your UFO. Yeah, you'll put, your, you'll put your mask on and walk outside and say, hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah, what, if this, what if this is just practice, this social distancing and, and, and masking up and stay at home? What if this is just practice for the aliens' arrival? Like, we can't get close to them and we need to mask up and we need to mostly stay home, right? And, right. Uh, and That's right. I, come, we, we, we can't get infected by them, right? I, you guys, you guys are start, we're all in a similar age category. I don't know if you remember the show V the Final Battle. Yes. From way, way back in the day, or the Roddy Piper movie. Yeah, yeah, they live. Yeah. They live. Sunglasses. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> yeah. bro. We're oh, living fuck. in it. Fucking Roddy. Roddy, Roddy, man. That would be awesome, man. I swear to God, that would be awesome. The preppers are going to love it. <laughs> But you know what scares me, dude, is the fucking, when they come out with the vaccine, it's going to be like that movie with, uh, what's his face, Will Smith, when all the people start turning into, you know, monsters and shit. And he's, <laughs> and I'm going, listen, I'm going on the record. I'm not taking that fucking vaccine. And, and now that we're talking about aliens, if there's some shit in that vaccine that, that makes us obey the aliens, I'm not doing it, man. I'm out. I'm grabbing my, my AR-15 in my backpack and I'm out. By the way. Dude, I, I love I love the coincidence that you, you just talk about like subconscious conversation, dude. L the shirt you're wearing just because people aren't seeing the video says "Occupy Mars," yeah. and I'm just recognizing that. Talk about like subconscious conversation and direction, right? Out of like you know means of manipulation. Well, I'm here. I'm here on the Space Coast in Florida, um, by Kennedy Space Center. So this is Elon Musk's shirt for SpaceX. Right. And, uh, you know, we watch the launches here all the time. And I mean, like, things are just crazy, dude. It's getting creepier and creepier. But I, I kind of like it. I think an opportunity there is chaos. And so, you know, with all this going on, you know, with my gym and your gyms and, and Stephen's gyms, I, you know, we're actually trying to find some kind of opportunity in all this. And so I know a lot of uh, some states are opening up. Um, some states are putting even though they're opening up gyms, they're putting wicked restrictions on them. Um, then they're not classifying. I think we should start with this. They're not, they're, they're saying gyms and fitness centers, right? 
And we know being in the business that um, a CrossFit box per se is a different um, setup, physical location than say an LA fitness or a gold's gym that has row after row of machines and um, you know, treadmills and spin bikes, right? So um, I'm thinking as far as our opportunity in this thing is, okay, I've got 10,000 square feet of relatively open space. I can keep people in a 10 foot area where they have all the equipment they need to do a workout of the day or a strength training or an Olympic weightlifting uh, workout without, um, you know, without breaking that social distancing thing. And then that equipment stays right where it is and they wipe it down after that's where, that's the opportunity I see. And then in uh, opposition to the big box gyms that have um, equipment that's mashed together and you literally go in a circuit from one machine to the next, I don't know how they're going to police that or how they're going to set any kind of um, occupancy or attendance number onto that. What do you well, think? I just seen, uh, I just seen a uh, video yesterday with uh, Orange Theory where they have 15, 15 rowers, 15 TRX, 15 stations for dumbbells or whatever. So normally they'd have 45 people because they'd have someone on each station and then they'd rotate. What they're going to have to do now is they're going to have to cut that down to 15 people because they will not allow them to share. I mean, still their spaces are small. They rent small locations of around, you know, yeah. 1,500, 2,000 square feet or less. But and the those, rents, those, yeah, those equipments, are, they're all with, they're touching each other. Yeah. High yeah. The retails. I don't know how they're going to survive because, you know, not only that, they got 1,000 members. Now they're going to have to cut back on allowing people to come in and do the classes unless they open up more classes. I don't know. It's going to be rough for them, you know. Yeah, you know what? So this is a, it, obviously this is the hottest topic of conversation right now, right? Like everybody is over the whole how do we operate online, right? Like everybody already in four weeks became fucking Zoom experts and online, you know, aficionados, right? So now they're on to the next thing, and uh, which we can we can get to that whole world in a minute too. But uh, I I think like when I when I try to look at that. I'll use the term analytically, right? Where I, when, I, when I look at the situation and break down everything that's in front of me, some of the things that I ask myself too is, okay, as you mentioned, how is it going to be policed, right? Like, is this legitimately now a fined, uh, penalized behavior if you open up against uh, X, Y, Z mandates? Who overrides who? Does, does uh, mayor override governor? Governor overrides president for local legislation? Like, like dude, this is not an area... I know enough about, and I don't know, you know, I, I get, I'm sure it's written into law somewhere, but then is that tested because some areas are considered still disaster areas, some aren't, like, how does it rate based on pandemic? Is it, is it, are we seeing things that are recommendations, right. but they're not actually written into law? Like, has that been, like, I don't want to say thrown out like a blanket over our eyes, but is that like communication that's not being directed to us on a legal standpoint? Like, hey, unless the direct order of the gov you know, the governor is put into law and voted on, these are just a uh, uh, recommended mandate. You know, like, I don't know, I, I don't know enough yet. So what I'll do is I'll speak on hypotheticals and just my opinion. What, some of the things I would, I, I would ask are, how does the policing work? What's the fine schedule look like, right? Because dude, if it's like a, you know, if it's like a $50 a day fine for some of us, we're better off eating the fine and just opening up and doing what we want, right? That's one concept. This, the next thing I ask myself is, if you do open up against state, local, XYZ mandate, how does that affect 
your liability insurance policy, right? So it doesn't negate any coverage you have because you've opened regardless. So like, let's say somebody comes in your gym and trips down the stairs and breaks their neck and you're like, well, I have insurance for it. Does your insurance say, Hey, we're not even going to cover that. You're negligent. Right. You're, you're, you're being generally, yeah, you're being negligent overall. Oh, in general, you're negligent because you're not supposed to be open. So we don't care how the injury occurred. You weren't supposed to be open, right? So that's like an interesting thing that I think that a lot of affiliates aren't thinking about when they go rogue and renegade is like, wait a minute, what are the larger implications for the savvier, uh, for the, for big brother, right? Like what happens, you know, they say, well, it's a communicable disease, right? So if somebody gets it in your gym, how do you know they didn't get it at the grocery store? Yeah. I don't know. Ask your $750 a, an hour attorney that because that's what it's going to cost you to fucking prove otherwise. Right. Like just take into consideration that you're not the biggest, baddest wolf on the block, you know? And if, if, if we segue back into talking about the issues in some of these affiliate pages is mo many, not most, many affiliate owners are alpha driven individuals with, with some having little corporate uh, uh, corporate years of, of experience uh, uh, in them, right? So, you know, people talk about snowflakes and raising kids these days soft. Well, just like they complain about people raising kids soft, they've been raised on a level of entrepreneurship soft yeah. because they don't want to like pay the piper. They don't want to face the music. They don't want to like reap the rewards of your, of your actions. Like, you know, so much of this shit is just, it, it's just, God, this sounds so weird, man, but without getting too like spiritual and philosophical, but so much of this is just, it's just life. Like yeah. complain all you want, dude. This is what you get for, for, for our definition of freedom. Right. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, that's a big, you know, consideration. Like you talk about, you know, entrepreneurs, small business right now, whether, whether it's a gym or whether it's a hair salon or a nail salon. Yeah. Most entrepreneurs in that type of situation are going to be you know, what, what they call alpha or, you know, self-driven and probably not formally trained in business. And like, you, I like what, how you mentioned the corporate world, right? Where with snowflakes, though, those are the people that make the rules. Those are the people that are in government. Those are the people that are on your county and city commissions, right? Th those are the people that are in FEMA. You know, they went to a liberal college. They, you know, they're a little probably younger. We're, I'm in my fifties and, um, you know, and I was in the military and I was a cop. Steven was a cop. You know, I had a different exposure where your repercussions were instant and performance was everything. Exactly. Right? And so in that corporate world, you know, if you go through that, the, the college and the corporate world, like you learn how that game is played, right? It's not the big, bad, tough guy who's going to fuck you. It's the dude who gets to write the paycheck or the guy who, uh, you know, has control, you know, human resources that, that had, you know, has control over what you say or do, you know? And so now we're in that situation where for us, we have, like you said, type A guys going, hey, we're going to open up, right? And then, but without the background to understand what, how you can be screwed over by somebody, some pencil pusher bean counter somewhere, you know? Yeah. That's right. And, and listen, dude, I'm all for like voicing up and, and revolting against the system and, and speaking yeah. your mind. Like that's the beauty of this country. Right. But like, you know, people are talking about it's my right and it's my freedom to open up my business. Well, no, not really. It's actually, Actually, not it's not it's not entirely that way right like well the first amendment and the seventh amendment yeah it's not really that way right like there are laws like if your neighbor's a dick you can't walk outside and shoot him 
All right. It's like, well, why not? It's a free country. Well, no, dude, there's rules and laws in place. And so like, if there's, if, and listen, I'm speaking like down the line, I can play devil's advocate on all of this. So I'm just, I'm going on a rant here. And if you want me to play either side of the coin, dude, I will debate the shit and win. Like I'm good at that. And, and, but the, but the idea is like when I argue against my own inner voice, let's just say that I'm, I'm having this conversation with myself, right? Cause I'm the same guy who's like, dude, you're telling me that I'm going to take a multi-million dollar business in LA that I've built from scratch, right? And one of the toughest markets on earth to be a successful affiliate, you're telling me I have to close, right? Like yeah. in my head, we're the New England Patriots, right? And you're telling me I've got Tom Brady in his prime and we're, you know, we're up by 20 points with four minutes left and you're going to just cancel the game and I don't get the fucking trophy. Like, no, that doesn't work that way. Well, it, it does, right? Because the league commissioner said it does. So the idea is, you know, it, when I'm arguing this with myself, I say, yeah, but you, there has to be a level of greater good of the people, right? Like we have to be able to sit back for a second and say, okay, I get it. You know, now I, I know, dude, people have it worse than we all do, right? Some people are, are literally like, going to have to sell their house and make massive life changes over this issue because they had to shut their business. Right. And then you could, but then you could also look at it and go, but at least you're alive and get to, yeah. and this virus may have killed you. Well, it didn't kill anyone in our town. Okay. But, but it killed, it killed people. Others. And again, I, I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm playing one side of the argument right now because uh, it's good fodder for us to, to sh shoot the shit about on this conversation. Yeah. I do the same thing. I, I go back and forth in my own head. You know, I say, hey, you know, the government can't tell me. And then also, yeah, you know, but at the end of the day, let's let's think about this regulation wise and all that. Um, if we're talking about entrepreneurship, uh, we have a free market. If um, let's say you're the renegade and you open up, um, I, I have limited. I, I just bring in a few people in a day um, who agree to. But the free market is going to choose, right? If you do something like if there, if your community doesn't think it's safe and you open up, or uh, they they're going to have an opinion on that. They're either not going to come back, or they're going to uh, not believe in or not trust you anymore, right? Uh, the other side of that is you you can open up and uh, your community can say this is awesome and we trust you and we're not scared and we're doing it anyway. And so you, I guess it's. Uh, and just like everything else is going on in this country and around the world, right? Each local, uh, each like right now, certain states are opening up, certain are staying closed. Certain states have higher rates of infection uh, and death, and you know that kind of thing. Others have zero to none, like Montana. And so those decisions being made locally, and then if you even bring it down even smaller, your community. If you open your gym in a community and you have a, a, you know 50, 100, 200, 300 members. Um, and then in your, you're the only gym and you're, you're, there's going to be an opinion about you one way or the other, right? If you, if you break the rules, I know here, the city of Melbourne, Florida, the city commissioners, um, got together and basically said, we will not enforce stay at home or essential mm. business, uh, regulations, uh, because we think that basically that adults can make their own mind up and the free market will decide if you decide to open your business and people don't want to go, then there it is. And so they literally in writing said they, they will not enforce the state mandates for stay at home and whatever. So the, the police 
chief is in on it, the county city commissioners are in on it and everything. So I, right. I think I think all of us are, you know, smart enough to to kind of look at both sides, you know, where like I did a little bit of sniffing around and contacted some of my old buddies that are still on the police force because I retired, but uh I know their marching orders. If they go around and they see a business that's open, they're 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 instructed to just kind of educate that owner on what they're doing. And you know, even though it is enforceable, like you can literally, they can literally be arrested. You know, it's it's at that point. But you know, listen, just like driving, you have to have a driver's license. Just like uh, you have to wear a seatbelt. I mean, there it, there's laws. You know, you can't just decide, oh, this is a free country. I could do whatever I want. Um, but at the same time, I understand what you guys are saying, and I'm in the same boat. I'm like, you know what? I'm opening Monday no matter what. I've already pulled my members, and out of uh, all the all the members that responded, which was a pretty good amount of them, they're, they're all ready to go with within reason. Like, listen, just like Mike has a plan, you know, we have a plan. We're going to make sure nobody's going to share equipment. You're going to be in your own little area. The fan's not going to be blowing on everybody. Like, they get it, you know. And I see some other gyms in my area – They've been open, man, but they just put their stuff outside and they're like, hey, there you go. It's like you're going to the park. There's the equipment. You know, don't share it. You're, the social distancing rule applies, although I've seen a picture there right up on top of each other. But, you know, it, it's really, you know, you're the leader, man. You know, you have to make that decision because just like Mike, just like you said, God forbid, you know, if all of a sudden, you know, eight members come down with the virus and then they're going to be all like thinking, hmm, where were we all at the same time? You know, it's very difficult. I talked to my attorney, JP, and, you know, trust me, I, <laughs> I'm not stupid. Um, and, he, you know, we kind of discussed what if this, what if, what if that. And he said exactly what you said. It's going to be very, very difficult to prove that. Yeah. Well, one of, the, one of the topics on that, too, was that, you know, having a separate COVID-19 waiver, which turns out a lot of the recommendations are don't do that if you're, because now you're admitting that there's a, uh, a hazard, Right. And so, you know, and I was like, at first I'm like, oh yeah, we should just get people to sign this thing that says they're not sick and they have to clean their equipment and they have to do all these things. Right. And if you make that a waiver, then now you're basically like we were talking about earlier about how negligent are you, right? What did you know ahead of time? And what right. did you know? Is it following state guidelines? And, yeah. you know, there also falls the rule that, you know, you can't sign away negligence. Right. Exactly. Right. So that has yeah. to be another thing that owners remember. And that's why I go back to the idea of, hey, is there an issue? You know, check with your insurance agent. Are they communicating within agencies in big corp, billions and trillions of dollar corps saying, hey, if somebody opens, if any business opens pre X mandate, which, again, I don't know where that falls legally, what mandate has to fall to create it? to lift that order and it says, yeah, all right. You know, if they open before, you know, the date the governor says is, is a, a phase three plan, um, they're not covered under, under the, you know, under the plan. Anything that happens within that facility is done uh, outside of coverage because they're neg they become negligible, whatever. And again, I, somebody may look at me and be like, actually, JP, you're out of your mind. That doesn't make sense. I go, okay, but at least we thought about it right. because you know, I'd rather be, I'd rather be, uh, I'd rather be, it's cheaper to be wrong, right? In that situation. Yeah. I'd rather be wrong when I, when I ask than to be right. Like, oh shit, they actually don't cover you. And now I've got a, a lawsuit on my hand because somebody who's pissed off, lost their job, came back to the gym in a bad mood. Life's not in full order. Now realizes that we, sh you know, opened two weeks before we were supposed to, and they, they hurt themselves, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. 
They'll slip, they're slipping on the grapes at Walmart theory, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, touching a little bit on what you guys said, just, just uh, uh, for my own ADD sake, to try to give a little bit of value maybe to some of the affiliate forums is, you know, you talked about um, having a plan. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do this because it's, it's good for topic and chatter is, you know, I put up a list. Um, I don't, I, whether you guys know it, I, you know, uh, Marty, a friend of mine who's, was a successful yeah, affiliate owner. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he and I launched uh, BizWad, and at first it was going to be a money play. Months and months ago, I had, you know, I, I thought it would be a great money play to do a, a concept where we gave owners, you know, daily exercises that they could do to just work on their business because everybody was just so worried about like snatch PRs. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, put your shirt on, don't snatch, and try to actually have a business. And <laughs> then this whole shit broke out, and, I, and Marty and I were like, "Fuck it, let's just launch it." For we were already frustrated with a lot of the consultants out there because they were overcharging for shitty service and they were, they were overcharging in relation to the value of our industry. And I'll explain what that means in a minute. And so I said, well, dude, let's just launch this scalable at, at, for cheap and, and piss everyone off because it's basically everything they can offer, but at like a 10th of the price. And then this happened and I was like, forget it. Let's just give it away. And if it helps anybody, great. And if not great, it's free. Like, I, there's no expectation when something is free, right? Like I can just right. give it to you and you like it or not. So I went ahead and we put up this list of just, dude, things to think about when getting ready to open. That's all it was. I saw it. And the amount of like fucking hate comments that owners gave to me, I wanted to say to them like, hey, dude, your level of hate comment has to be rated based on the profitability and the amount of revenue your location generates. If you don't generate 20% or better in net revenue, and over six figures a year, you're not allowed to comment on my posts, right? Like a full dick swing contest. Yeah. Because it's like, dude, you're, you're literally taking, uh, um, it, it's, it's like going to, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre and, and saying, hey, dude, can you give me some tips on how you throw the ball, how you throw the football? And then they show you and you're like, dude, that's fucking, that's stupid. Right. And you're like, oh, yeah, you want to see my rings? These are my Super Bowl rings. Show me yours. <laughs> well, you don't fucking the have them. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, the biggest concept, and you know, I'm a moderator and one of the bigger CrossFit affiliate owners, forum admin. And what I see constantly is people, they don't read the question or the comment or the statement in context. And like, you made it clear, here are some things to think about, right? You're not, you're yeah. not, you didn't go there and say, hey, you guys must do this, right? And then we have that secondary problem of, you know, people that open gyms, why did they open gyms? Okay, well, a lot of them right now, I, oh, I saw the CrossFit Games one time and I opened it, or I was in a gym and the, and the, the business was failing, so I, quote, bought it, right? And so now all of a sudden I'm instant expert and they see something that pushes a button of theirs, but they didn't read the whole comment or the whole article and then they didn't take it in the context. And in this case, what you're talking about is you basically, you made a list of things that people should consider changing or now in the current situation or in the future or generally these are some things you might want to think about in order to run your business right now better and maybe in the future better not you know and so they didn't see the think about part <laughs> yeah i'm reading is, some of the comments now dude it's hilarious <laughs> yeah you know like dude i call you know and then i you know i don't get defensive I, I'll, I'll get um you know i'll get informative right yeah. like listen dude when you uh when you grow up five foot six, you know, a short uh, Latin 
Jewish kid in the Valley of LA who also then goes into the game, the, you know, the sport of fighting. Like, you know, I spent a lot of my life trying to make a living punching people in the face. Like I've got issues, Napoleon complex. Like I have, I have skilled myself in the art of mouth of word, right? Like, you know, it's, so if you're going to come at me with like one guy just wrote, this list is fucking insane. Oh, that's helpful. Yeah. Like you, did you come up with that? Like, is that what you go into your staff meeting with your team when they're like, Hey owner, I have a great idea for something we could do to make our business better. I let's talk about it. And you're like, that's fucking insane. Yeah. You know, that's like, you know, I used to make a joke cause you know, I've got a, a, a foreign dad, right. And he was raised tough, came over, you know, and, and, you know, a year after moving to the U S joined the military cause he thought that was like that, you know, it, it was a must. That's your passage to becoming, you know, being American. Right. And, fucking served during Vietnam. Like that's, that's, that's how you do it. Right. And so he was, he was a tough guy. So anytime you do something, I always make the joke growing up and he's great. It's like, you're an idiot. That's stupid. You know, it's like my dad. It's like, all right, dad, that, we, that's not how we communicate these days. Right. I always make that joke with him. Right. And, and it's like, I go into these affiliate forums and that's how I feel sometimes. Like you post something. So it's like, you're dumb. It's like, really? That's dude. We're on the playground in fourth grade. Like that's the best you could do as somebody who is in charge of humans, in charge of millions of dollars of liability and trying to help people. You came into a forum of somebody who literally took time out of their day to whip up a list that they're going to use in a multi-million dollar location, right? It's not like I'm saying, oh, go try this. I would never do that. I'm actually like, I take that and we just converse with the team. We come with out. Become, we come up with crazy shit all the way to, to, to the normal because it's somewhere in between that you're going to land. Right. And, uh, and at least I'm trying to be, uh, an originator, like just put some stuff up. And then, you know, that's like, to me, I see as a, a, a hugely inherent issue in our industry, right? Like if you took a snapshot and I know, dude, I know, dude, it's a small snapshot, but it is a snapshot of a pool of people that maybe is a hyper reflection of what we deal with. And I look at this type of owner and I want to call them out and be like, dude, how is your business doing? If it's doing great, it's by sheer luck. Yeah. If it's not doing well, maybe you need to take a step back and, and maybe living your life as everything is just fucking insane. A one word reaction is not like, it's not the way you give back to just humanity, right? Like how about, hey man, those are all great sparked ideas. Here's, here's a list that I spent my time doing and let me see if this works. And, you know, I know this is a little bit kumbaya, but- if these forums would be more of that, maybe the industry would be elevated. Maybe we wouldn't see a large double digit percentage of affiliates that are going to go out of business in the next 12 months. Well, here's, you know? here's the problem, JP, like you're forgetting, you're not forgetting, but just be reminded a lot of these, a lot of these owners there, this is like, I, I still believe a lot of it's just a hobby for them. You know, they're not necessarily just making a living from their gym. Um, and look how easy it is for them to actually open, which is kind of a cool thing because all you got to do is take a weekend, uh, you know, certification and then do a one paragraph, uh, you know, send it in and okay, you're, you're an affiliate. So it's just, it's not like a um, franchise, obviously. So, you know, guys like you are out there trying to educate, help and, and, you know, support, but a lot of these people don't get it. They're just, like you said before, they're not really business people. They're just 
fitness enthusiast that just gets so hooked on this CrossFit or any kind of fitness and they're like, oh, I want to open a gym. I've, I've seen it at least a dozen times from previous members. And out of, out of 12 gyms that opened, there's only literally two that are still open and they both are different owners. Yeah. So, you know, part of the, part of the problem on those affiliate um, pages and, and any, any Facebook group, right. Is so for the one we're talking about today, right now, that's the CrossFit affiliate owners group. And there's, I, I want to say there's a thousand some odd members in there, right? You get a couple comments. There, there are hundreds of owners, affiliate owners who read that they take it in and then they use it, but they don't comment. They don't say anything, right? Whether good or bad, right? They just, for whatever reason. So when you do see comments like that, that's just like the heckler at the comedy show, right? You got 200 people in the audience and one drunk asshole in the back. Mm -hmm. He's funnier than the comedian, right? And he usually gets his ass handed to him. And so you're not hearing from the rest of the audience, right? They're, they're probably sitting back going, huh, this, a lot of this list makes sense for me. Some of it doesn't make sense for me. Um, oh man, wow, I appreciate him pointing that out. I'm not doing that. And maybe if I did that, I could be a little bit more successful. So I think when you post stuff like that um, and it's helpful, a lot of the people that get the help from it aren't going to say anything and you're going to get one heckler or two hecklers. Sure. And, and you know, listen, dude, I'm the kind of guy who I, I, I'm, I'm like, bring it on, right? Because I think there's a way that group can learn from sure. those type of people because they have an influence, right? Like somebody speaks up they'll influence others to rally good or bad because there's always others that are weak-minded who want to follow the, the path of least resistance to their beliefs. And then, you know, like you see, I, I put on the list, you know, you may want to go with a shirts on policy for a while. And everybody's like, Oh, is that even CrossFit? I don't know, dude. I've competed at the games four times, twice as an individual. I've never taken my shirt off. So I think I know what CrossFit is because I've been there. Right. And, and, you're not even understanding maybe instead of like, you know, demolishing the concept, maybe just ask the simple question of why? Well, why is it's the art of perception. Dude, you're coming back to one of the most, we're going to be going back into one of the most sensitive states of, uh, of social socializing in our lifetime will, will have ever dealt with, right? People are so sensitive. They're going to come back and nitpick every look. Maybe they may come back and nitpick at least for a while every little thing. Oh, JP, I noticed, you know, they're not doing this. I read that they should be doing that, right? There's going to be that going that. on. Yeah. You know, you know, and so, well, you sweat more with your shirt on. Okay. I mean, yeah, but perception wise, <laughs> perception wise, it contains the sweat. It doesn't get everywhere. And, uh, also if you sweat more with your shirt on and the purpose of going to the gym is to sweat more, you know, it's like hot yoga. You know, maybe that's a, maybe, maybe it's like, ding, 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 ding. I don't just, just maybe. So, you know, as I refer back to that list and back to the affiliate pages, Hey guys, let's, let's all maybe just take a minute to stop reacting to anything. Even like when it came, came down to reacting to, you know, going online and then it turns into like a flex contest who does better online videos, who's got a better platform, who knows more about editing. And it's like, you know, what's so funny, man, they spent all that time doing that shit. And in, in a month from now, none of that is going to matter. Almost none of that's going to matter, right? You're going to have, you're going to have retained based on the type of owner you were, 
you were going to retain X number of clients anyways, right? Like if you were a good owner, you were going to do what you as a good owner was going to do anyways, right? And so if you're, a, if you're like a, a flip-flop owner and you flip-flopped and went in and spent, uh, you know, $2,000 on widgets and, and hours a day on figuring out how to do online shit, you're going to realize that when we go back to opening, you left your business as barren and as abandoned as it was before you, it closed. Like you didn't, all you did was look at what was right in front of you. Oh, we're closed. Everybody's telling me I have to do Zoom. Who's everybody? Right. You know, all these consultants surface saying that if you don't go online, you're going to close down. Show me your gyms. You're all consultants that have sold your locations. Why'd you sell them? If you were so good at keeping them profitable, it's like fucking guys who sell, you know, I'm, I've been doing trading, right? Uh, Steve and I were bullshit about this earlier. Like I've been doing some online trading. So I've, I've done some boot camps and just because it's a fun new thing to learn about while we're basically quarantined, right? I might as well educate myself a little more on, on big brother and the finance markets. And you, know, you look at these, a lot of these guys who, who are selling these online courses and you try to see like what big firms or, or high levels of, of education they come from. And dude, they're just good at selling online courses, right? Yeah. You know, because <laughs> yeah. if you're, you know how to turn a 742% profit. Why are you wasting your time talking to me for 500 bucks a month when you could be making $5 million a month? Right? right? Like it, I'm just saying, it's not always the case. This isn't an always, but sometimes. So, yeah. you know, if you have all the answers on how to run a successful fitness location, and you can help John expand his to a thousand locations, then why aren't you doing it yourself? And I'm not saying that's for everybody. I'm just saying things to make you go, hmm. Yeah. Right. So it's not about running to the next Zoom class or strictly digital. Make, it's not only about that is what I'm saying. There's, it's, it, you know, we were in a bridge period. And unless you don't intend to open, you will go back to being a brick and mortar. Maybe you're now a hybrid, partial brick and mortar, partial online. But it's, it's, ne it's, it's not an all or nothing, man. Well, I see, no, I see that in, in its entirety and you're, you're spot on with that. You know, who the, who the gurus are and what they're saying. And, and then <laughs> earlier when you said, you know, people are just looking to follow somebody else and, and does it really make sense? And so, you know, maybe that hybrid thing does, but um, you know, most people, we're talking about brick and mortar gyms. And one of the things we talked about, and you know, you're talking about how do we professionalize this? How do, what is perception? What do your people who are going to pay you 100, 200, $300 a month, $400 a month, what is their, yeah. your, what is your customer's perception of what you're doing in this climate right now? And can you charge money for that? Can you get enough people? And so, you know, following the herd, um, you know, maybe that works, maybe it doesn't. Um, but when you think about it going forward, the types of gyms that we're talking about right now is our, you know, our box gym, right? And how we started this conversation. And then is Orange Theory, is LA Fitness, is Gold's Gym, um, is Planet Fitness, are they our competition? Are we being lumped into that category as far as regulations go? Um, can we come out of this, if you are a box gym, can you come out of this in a better place? Can you reorganize how you deliver training and fitness and health and nutrition and, and all those things? And so I think that's where people should be focusing on is how the hell are you going to come out of this? How are you going to differentiate yourself from the big box gym? Are they your competition? How are you going to overcome the, right for sure, the new regulations on you know, spacing and cleanliness and occupancy requirements, occupancy requirements and, you know, 
Um, the, and like you said, touched on earlier, the waivers, the health waivers, the you know physical injury waivers, you know your insurance. How are you going to come out of this? And and so it's not about are you online or are you know are you you know because look, let's be honest. People, what we do, people need to be. We that's our whole game is we bring people together, right? And so I don't know if you want to change your game, go ahead. But I'm more interested in figuring out can we capitalize on this, um, you know, where maybe some of those people from that are used to going to that big box gym and they just don't know any better. Can we bring them into our facility? Can we do it legally? Can we do it safely? Can we do it in a way that our clients um, feel comfortable and they trust us, right? And can we make money doing it? And so that's where my head is at. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be faced with a, a legitimate challenge, which as you said in the beginning of this, like out of chaos comes opportunity, right? And so my whole thing was, this is like something um, I've been communicating with some other affiliate friend owners of mine is, you know, and, uh, you know, even Mark Cuban was saying this not too long ago, is one of the things he was saying was, right now, it's almost too chaotic, yeah. right? Like times are almost too chaotic to see the opportunity. The water is almost too muddy and murky where we need to give it some time to settle. Now that doesn't mean months, but it's the idea that, that takes you from, as I always say, and this is a big thing from the world of fighting and the world of negotiation is, uh, you know, you always want to respond. You don't want to react necessarily. Right. And, you know, so many owners reacted when they shut down they reacted a week later uh, i need a waiver for how to loan out equipment i'm not going to loan out you're loaning out rowers you're an idiot you're loaning out bucket dumbbells i wouldn't do that it's like shut up like, potatoes. Just, just shut up Detail. you know i've never met you and i don't like you you know <laughs> so um like just relax man like just relax for a second let's look at this and now we're saying okay now i'm saying the same thing we're getting ready to reopen and, and some states are, some states aren't. And I want to just look at everybody and be like, hold on a second, relax. Like pour a, pour a nice whiskey drink. Let's just sit down for a minute, grab three or four of your successful buddies in different industries and just talk about what it might look like with all kinds of different scenarios. Because right now, you know, only one state like Atlanta is the only one I really know of and Florida starting to do it where businesses are starting to open. But we don't know, like, it's like you said, uh, uh, you know, you were saying, if occupancy loads change, right? And uh, dude, I'll use my business as an example. So I'm not speaking as a know-it-all. I'll speak as a know my own shit, right? I'm not going to know everyone. I'm going to know my stuff, right? In the place I'm at, right? Our rent, let's just say, is three bucks a foot, which is hugely under market for the area because of how long I've been there. Yeah. Right. Hey. Super cheap. Santa Monica Boulevard in the heart of LA. Right now, the going rate is like 475 a foot at best. And the fact that I have parking, it's unheard of. Right. So I'm super fortunate. But even at that rate, if you told me that I had to fractionize my occupancy rate per class, right, and I have to scale back, at what point does it become limiting where members who are on hold but, or members who are paying to support the business? Now decide like, dude, this scenario is just not for me, yeah. you know, and I don't want to continue. If I can leave the house, I don't want to keep doing dumbbell workouts in my apartment, right? When I can go for $24.99 to 24-hour fitness that is big enough to satisfy 
load occupancy. And if I can't go at noon, I'll go at 6 a.m., but at least I can get out of the house. And you have to look at all these factors and say, dude, for, uh, for LA, potentially under certain scenarios, it could be financially devastating. That's the reality. Without me like waving my American flag and running down the street with an AR-15 talking about freedom, the reality is under certain new requirements, right? It is possible that it doesn't suit uh, the economy of scale in certain businesses. It's just like it doesn't, you know, you can't open up certain businesses in certain markets because they financially don't fit the model. And we may be coming to a place where the CrossFit model under the new mandates for the next six, eight, 10, 12 months, three months may not feasibly work for certain owners. That's just reality. It just might not work. And uh, this is another polarizing statement. You know, and this was something they were, you know, this is like uh, one of those uh, uncertainties of how they're distributing the PPP money. For, for some affiliate owners, and this is going to sound crazy and it'll probably piss some people off, which means that it, it has meaning to it, is some of these owners that get the PPP loan, it'll be the most money they'll ever have a chance at making. Wow. So understand what that means. So it, they're literally in a position where if their payroll is, is bloated or it consumes most of their income and they're able to get 30,000, 60,000, whatever it is for PPPP, for PPP, their business closed is virtually worthless. Their business open potentially is worthless. So now they have a chance to get, to get, to get this money. And do you realize with no personal guarantee that they could shut their doors, dissolve, you know, liquefy, dissolve, file bankruptcy and have, and, and keep that money. Mm -hmm. And, oh, and do, I, I, I'm not saying, listen, it's, it's beyond where I live in a state of integrity, right? Like I kept my staff fully employed for six weeks with full benefits for everything. Like I did, I, I was coming out of business pocket to keep people to take care of my team, right? Like I was taking care of everybody down to their perks and cell phones and cars. Like I did what I could. So it's not me. I'm just saying that exists out there. And that's the reality. Like this is just the reality of the economic environment we are living in that this shit is going to happen. Oh, yeah. So to know what six months from now is going to look like, it's all arbitrary. It's just projections. It's your speculation versus mine. So you need to like focus internally, but analyze data, assess your business. And it's time to have real conversations with yourself. Like, yo, if I operate at even 50% capacity, but landlord wants rent, can I survive? Like, is this, is this viable for six months, a year? Like nobody's, I, I shouldn't say nobody. Much, many of the conversations I'm hearing aren't really discussing the reality of that. Like, you know, because then, you know, Brick LA with 23 employees, if we operate at 50% capacity, can I bring 23, you know, employees back on? No, I've got to, not. Yeah. <laughs> things what, start what, to change. Yeah. And, but by the way, if my landlord doesn't renegotiate my, my plan, guess what stays fixed. And if you're operating on a 33% scale of your rent towards your revenue, yeah. Yeah. now your, now your rent just went from 33% to like 85, 90%. Right. That's, that's the, that's where, you know, exactly. And, uh, 
that's the interesting part. Hey, here's a funny one. Planet Fitness, right? You would think they'd be getting crushed. Their stock is up six, almost 7% today. They actually, right before this hit, their stock was about $88. And then, of course, it dipped down to like 27 which is a steal. I can't believe I didn't buy in it's on up to sixty fucking two dollars right I, now, dude. When I miss when I when I went back to to do like my research when I'm in like the paper trade world right now, mm -hmm. just education. And I've been watching. You know, I watch all our competitors pretty closely. Mm -hmm. When I saw that at that rate, I remember seeing it and just being like, dude, if I had if I had free capital right now to just put into a a pretty a pretty you know mediocre level spec stock like. I, it was bound to, I mean, and, and, you know, people shit all over him. Meanwhile, you listen to the CEO on TV and the, the fucking guy is no dummy. Right. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I listen to the business news all the time. And uh, it's funny because I like Kramer. Kramer's hilarious. Yeah. And he says, he goes, man, these, these CEOs have been coming in. It's like, holy shit, get, take some vitamins, man. You guys are so freaking down you know, be a little bit more, and the stock keeps going up. Look at Boeing. Boeing's up 8% today. You know, yeah, it's, you know, the only reason why I bring this stuff up is because the market is something that we all should pay attention to because that, that will project a lot of things that are going to be moving forward. And, that, and that's honestly, that's like one of the things I, that kind of gives me a glimmer of hope that things are going to get better. I'm not saying that we're going to jump right back up to where we were, but I really do believe like, you know, look, there's some positive shit going on out there. They do have a couple things that they've tried that are actually curing people. Yeah, that, that are actually that company uh, with the G. Uh, yeah. yeah, you they, know, they actually did some uh, plasma. Uh, they did some, uh, what do you call it, plasma injections or whatever. That actually saved a couple people's lives, right? So think about it this. If they can come up with a cure, now all they got to do is legitimately find a vaccine or we have herd immunity, whatever it is, if things change within the next year or so, we all go back to work. Yeah, we yeah all, man. And, you know. and here, you know, here's something, because I, I like to be optimistic, right? I like to be cautiously optimistic. And depending on the JP hat I wear, you know, I, like I said, I, I'm happy to argue either way because it, it sparks thought, right? Like there is absolutely the chance, right? That, that there is a light switch effect. Flip, boom. Four months from now, this is just like, hey, remember when, yeah. right? Because that's the kind of society we live in now with social media and the amount of information at our fingertips. Like we're so, we were so hypersensitized that now we're like, we're like hyper X a thousand desensitized. You right? Like when nowadays, do people just scroll and they don't even pay attention to what they're scrolling? Like, there's no capture of information for many people, right? That's why they react because they're just, they're muscle memorying, reacting based on a quick glimpse. They're not responding by understanding the information. They're hit, dude, they're headline readers, right? They're, they're just responding off a headline. So in, in our industry, that's an area I think that many owners need to protect themselves from is to understand that they can't run their business or live their life on headlines right now. It, it, it is, I don't know pro possibilities and probabilities, but it is certainly a, a chance at either being very good or very bad that we could have a light switch effect. I mean, dude, there's an election in November, right? How, whatever you think, like, I, I'm not going to take political sides here, right? But do you think 
40 years ago, someone like Trump could have been elected, whether or not you voted for him. 40 years ago, it would have been impossible, right? Somebody with, with a track record in history, just like 50, 60 years ago, Clinton, you know, would have been castrated out. It, it's like, but he survived because things get desensitized over time, right? It's okay now. Like imagine, and, and do it again, but ima- just understand where I'm going with this. Imagine Kim Kardashian 50 years ago. Impossible. She'd be, she'd be sent to an island to Cens- die. The censors on the three network stations wouldn't allow it because that's all we have. It would, but if it would have gone out, like think about even when, like when Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson's video came out, that was kind of like when this like reality world was starting to happen. So people were becoming enamored with getting involved in other people's businesses. But even at first, that was like hyper taboo. But, you know, now it's, it's like people just shrug it off. They don't even care, right? Like it's a billionaire. So, you know, whatever was the past is not the future. What is the present won't be tomorrow, right? It may affect it. So, what, well, what do you mean, JP? That sounds like a lot of like, you know, uh, hamster wheel talk. And I go, what I mean is, is that there is absolutely no certainty other than you controlling what you can control, which is just your like immediate state to be able to engage in your own business and make decisions that are hopefully educated and not, you know, reactionary. So absorb all the information you can, uh, maybe do some historicals, think about the state of your industry, look at the realistic area of your financials, your your lease agreement, your membership agreements, what your local area looks like. And then from there, make real decisions on what the future of your business is going to look like. Because it's not, if it wasn't easy before you closed, breaking news, in my best opinion, for whatever it's worth, it might not be worth a, a fucking penny. But my opinion, it's not going to be easier. No. So what, do you, what are you guys doing at Brick? What are you, uh, I mean, obviously you're in um, California and LA. So you're, it's also, you know, the, the liberal side of this argument um, or, you know, open up or, you know, everybody stay home, right? Um, you guys are definitely more liberal there. You're going to have probably more restrictions. It's a much more densely populated area with much more ethnic population than a lot of places we're talking about. So you have to make decisions differently. What are you guys doing at Brick in LA or wherever you want to talk about to go forward? What's your plan? Like, you know, tentatively. Yeah, so great question. And if you don't mind, I'm going to try to give you a little bit of a, not long-winded, but a little bit of a longer answer so that people understand all of the factors that a guy that I take into play and maybe it makes them think a little bit differently, right? And, and here's the thing. Uh, we're, I, I look at our industry, okay? We're not recession-proof right now. Well, uh, let me rephrase that. We might be recession-proof at times because – you know, even in the toughest of times, people still need a getaway, so they'll go to the movies type of thing, right? Like that was yeah. 30 years ago. Right you can say, well, you stay net, you can Netflix and chill now. But maybe after this, people don't want to stay home. But let's look, at, let's look at the Hollywood industry for a second that we're surrounded by. What's one of the issues we face? Well, if there's social distancing concerns in place, they can't shoot movies for a while, right? Because of the number of people in close contact. Also, something I was discussing with a buddy of mine who's in the industry, so I'm speaking from 
inside inf informative sources. Plus I grew up in the world, right? I'm not speaking from a level of, of zero education. To shoot a film, you have to get insur insurance on the film, right? Like studios back these investments with insurance policies. Actors and actresses have to be insured, right? Like high liable actor, actors, and I'm just gonna use the term actors because it encompasses male and female, right? Actors, um, if they're high liabilities, they're hard to get insured. You know, like Tara Reads and shit like that. Yeah. You know, Robert Downey Jr. back in the day was yeah. hard to insure. So think about it. If you can't insure a film, they can't shoot it. It means that people in the industry, makeup artists, get grips, gaffers, you know, they start imposing. You can't share tools. You got to be separate trucks, separate, you got makeup, touching, like so many things, extras, people from, okay. Take all, all those jobs that LA is engulfed in potentially could see a 24 month 12 month 36 month ripple effect of independent contractors people who are sometimes the hardest hit by recessions gig workers right last to get government assistance so these are people that even after we open it's not like they just get to flip a switch and go back to a movie set right so yeah they might have been making killer money before but they're gig workers. There is no established next job for them. So we get impacted by that, right? So now I have to take that into consideration. So can I go back and now open up on a smaller scale with 50% capacity and charge $100 more a month? Right. I've got people who are losing their jobs. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't go to a fucking table of starving people, you know, and start telling them that, you know, you're going to charge them more for the meal at hand. Like they're hungry. They just want food. Right. So, okay. That's something that we have to take into consideration. So when we're, when we're setting to reopen is what is going to be the, the social psychology of our, of our membership. The second thing I have to take into consideration is, is there going to be some leniency in a renegotiative state with my landlord? Because at the going rate, my market rate for my rent, although below technically market is still going to be well above existing economic status of the environment. Now, maybe that changes in a year, but I need to worry about today, right? right? Even if I have six months or a year runway, you know, you can't blow through a runway because then the plane can never take off again, right? You might've gotten to the end of the runway and the, pla the plane's intact, but now there's no way for it to catch, a, you know, a flight envelope to take off. You're just stuck. You're grounded for good, right? And okay. so, um, I, again, well, JP, you're talking on a hamster wheel. And instead, what I'm trying to say is, dude, you're talking to a guy 10 years in the business with a successful affiliate profitable from month three that doesn't have all the answers. All I can do is assess and analyze data, right? And try to come up with the best decisions possible for the business to protect it. And it is even possible for a gym like LA that under certain mandates, which we aren't certain what they are, the financial model may or may not work. So what does the pivot look like? Do I pivot to a premium? Do I pivot online? Or do I, what, what do I do next? Well, what I'm saying is, instead of going into these affiliate forums and telling people that their lists are fucking insane <laughs> or shitting all over someone's idea, is maybe you should be looking at what the reality is for your local economic environment and how are you best going to handle that situation. Now, I've got great managers, I've got a great team, and we will figure out the best way for Brick to survive. But if we're thrown a, you know, if we're thrown a shit boomerang, right, 
Yeah. And we try to, we're trying to catch a boomerang coated in shit. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah, right? We're not going to want to catch it because it's coated yeah, in shit. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, people don't understand. Hey, even sometimes doing your very best with the best team and the best answers, you still fail. Okay. That's the way it goes. That's poetic. Right? That's po dude. That's poetic truth. You know, it's like, Hey, here's an example for you. If you read the book, good to great. Yeah. Um, if you watch a, if you, there's follow-ups on it that, um, I don't remember what the percentage is, so I don't want to misquote it, but I know it's the major, the majority of those companies in there don't exist anymore. Right. And if they, they still exist, they don't exist the way they did when the book was written. So they weren't that great. So even great companies right. at the time they're assumed to be great fail. Yeah. Was, was Enron in there? <laughs> yes, I believe so. I think they actually were, if I remember correctly. I, I, I want to say Enron is in there because I think that's one of the funny flops. Yeah. And so, so um, in short, my message to everybody, there you go, brother. I'm going to look it up. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. In short, you know, the message is, uh, um, so I'm going to quote somebody who we all know. Uh, you, you guys know Tate Fletcher, right? From Caveman. Uh, is that CT Fletcher? Or? No, Tate. You guys know Tate? Oh, the, did he play the Caveman? No, no, no. He's the guy from Caveman Coffee. Oh, no, no. I don't even know. Big, big Tate, UFC fighter, crazy mustache, yeah. big giant teddy bear, right? Guy's the toughest looking teddy bear oh, you ever met in your life. He was on but, Rogan, right? He was on Rogan a while back? Yeah. Okay. So, I'm going to quote him. Hopefully he'll hear this um, and, and hopefully he accepts it as the compliment. It doesn't punch me in the face when I see him because he's giant and very scary, but he's also <laughs> the sweetest guy you'll, you'll ever meet. So <laughs> we, were, we were doing a box to business in Miami and just loaded with owners who, who all it was during Wadapalooza and Steven, you get a kick out of this, just loaded with fucking Florida owners who, as you know, like four or five years ago, are, were just at each other's throats, man, yeah. price warring each other. And everybody hated each other, right? And we're in this room of just huge amounts of tension. And, dude, everybody hates each other, right? And everybody's complaining about price wars and CrossFit and the branding. And just everybody's pointing fingers and, and blaming, right? And Tate, <laughs> Tate, who's by far the most intimidating guy in the whole room, right? And probably within a 100 miles. All he does is dude, he just sits back and he just looks up and in, in a pretty like monotone voice and not loud, but immediately owns the entire room. He just looks at everybody and he just goes, hey man, you know what you all need to do? Y'all need to shut the fuck up and be about some shit. <laughs> and I, dude, I remember hearing that and I was like, bro, our 48 hour intensive seminar that people paid a thousand bucks to hear was worth it just to hear that, right? And I quote him all the time because it, there's no better statement than to tell a bunch of people whining to just, dude, be about some shit. And you go, well, what does that mean? It's like, dude, just, just be about some shit. Like, go back to your business and your family and your friends and be about something greater than whose fault it is for the shit bus you're, you're the fucking driver, of, you know, behind. Like, you're, you're the driver. It's, you're the be about some shit like own up to it we're in a fucking pandemic stop complaining your government your governor won't let you open up stop trying to rally on facebook with owners who don't care like 
rally, rally in your own sense. What's your own plan? What's your pivot, right? If the economics don't work when it's time to open, we're, we're, what are you going to do next? Yeah. Are you going to open up a body shop? Are you going to go into day trading, right? I mean, Steve, Steve and I, we're going we're gonna to start an online day trading course. Right. You know, it's funny because uh, we're, in a, we're in another group uh, that I started, and it's uh, primarily a bunch of people that were in the uh, uh, gym, gym legacy, and uh, they, you know, they're no longer in there. So it's like the gym, it's like the gym legacy dropout group. Um, and, you know, I, I started that group just to kind of get some, you know, it's like a think tank more or less, not, not to rip on anything that Jim launched or Jim legacy did, because as far as I'm concerned, they didn't do anything wrong. They, you know, if you got caught up and it didn't work out for you, if you didn't quit, you're an idiot. Um, but anyway, um, there was some dialogue going on and I've seen it a lot of different places where people are just complaining about where's my, where's my stimulus check? Where's my, you know, payment protection program check. And, and, I, and I finally said something like, you know, dude, if you're just going to lay back and wait for somebody to fucking rescue you, you're going to die, you know? And, and it's kind of like that fighter attitude that you have. And, and just like your other buddy Tate has, you know, like even Mike, you know, myself for cops. And when we train, man, you know, if you get shot, that doesn't mean you fucking lay down and die. You still, oh, dude. you still, still shoot the fuck you still go after the targets that's trying to kill you, you know, until you're fucking dead, you know, you don't just give up. And I'm seeing a lot of people. It looks like they just gave up. And Mike and I had talked about this the other day. My suggestion is if your gym was falling apart and you weren't pulling a profit or things weren't going, going good for you, sell your shit right now because you can get the best price for you. You can get more money for your gear, your, your barbell. You get $2 a pound for your waist. I'll buy your rowers, man. You know, I mean, you can't get anything. So if you gave up and you're just going to bitch and moan and wait for somebody to walk through that door and rescue you and hand you a fucking suitcase full of cash, it's time to call quits, man. You know? Yep. And, and dude, to even add on to that, because that's a great point. And by the way, uh, mad respect for both of you for wearing the badge and, putting your lives on the line to protect dipshits like me. So I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> we had it easy, dude. Trust me. We had, yeah, but, <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, I'll, I'll use two, two things. One is owning your business and being about some shit, right. To quote Tate again, mm. is the same as the inherent understanding of risk. You guys took every day you put the badge on, right? You knew that you were taking a certain level of risk. Now, unfortunately, as a cop, it's your life. As a business owner, it's a lot of times just cash, right? So uh, don't, don't, I'm not showing any disrespect in trying to compare the two. I'm just trying to impose a, um, a point. No, it's a good point, is, yeah. Is, is that you understand there's an inherent risk you're taking, right? And at the end of the day, and just like when I got into the ring, it takes a team just like you had a team behind you and a business has a team around you, it takes a team to train you. But at the end of the day, you're in the ring alone. At the end of the day, you own your business and the responsibility lies on your shoulder. At the end of the day, when you put the badge on and you go into a hostile situation, only you will ultimately be responsible for you. Now, you can look around and you hope your team has your back and you hope someone's looking out for you. But if they blink for a moment, it's on you, right? And so. That's first part. Second part is this may be the time, which goes back to, dude, if you weren't, if your business wasn't doing well before, this is 
this is, and we can share this in this group and with whoever's listening, dude, this might be your prideful way to, so we used to say, like, I used to watch fights and, and this is maybe just from being a fighter. And I'm sure people would have a certain level of sensory acuity consensus. Like I can watch a fighter in the ring and know when they've given up before most people around are like, Oh no, there's still a chance. I go, no, dude, I can sense it in their aura, in their eyes, in their presence. They are looking for a way out. Right. right? And they're going to do it by taking a couple quick face shots, giving up their back and getting choked out because they don't want to grind through it. Right now, good, bad, or indifferent. It just is the way it is. True. This is a time in our industry where many owners who were looking for a way to lose the fight without tapping out because, you know, like in the world of jujitsu, it used to be like tapping out is like saying uncle. Right. And it's like, now is a chance for people in our industry to tap out pridefully, right? Right. Because now they have a legitimate reason to to say like, hey, man, I gave it my all, but because of this, that, and the other, and people, you know, people look at you and be like, oh, you're right. Come here. Sit on my lap. You're right. You know, the the government failed you. The economy failed you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. There is a lot of pride, I guess, in, in any entrepreneurial endeavor, right, where and then maybe, maybe not just pride, but also maybe responsibility where you, you know, people depend on you or, you know, whether they're clients or employees. And so if you find yourself in an untenable situation, your, your pride or your, your feeling of responsibility may force you to keep fighting in a way that isn't going to lead to success. And so being aware of that and, and, you know, like we just talked about weighing all the potential options. And then if you talk about the stock market here, my outlook on it, and I have that same pride, I have that same sense of responsibility. And I also have that same fear, right? What is going to happen? I don't know. Can, but also the, the idea of be about some shit, like Tate says, right? It's okay. I'm looking at this, like maybe I'm going to try to find the way that I can become out of this better than I was before. And if I fail, I fail. And the way I'm going to do that is like you talk about the stock markets. I'm going to look at what what do I think is going to happen to my competition? What do I think is going to happen to the economy uh, and personal finances of my clients? What are they going to want going forward? Um, are other gyms going to close? Are, is, another, is my model going to work, right? Can I capitalize on this? And then be about some shit, right? And then the last um, saying that goes along with be about some shit, there's a certain military unit. Uh, in the United States that has a saying that is straight up, no one is coming to save you. And that's on their t-shirt, right? And that's on their back. No one is. So in other words, that's a reminder that you're responsible for yourself. Yes, you're a part of a team. Yes, you have uh, this big support structure around you. But at the end of the day, you have to, you have to strap up and take and step off knowing that potentially no one is coming to save you. So it's all on you. And that's what that means. You know, JP, like you're talking about like how you have respect for us wearing a badge and all that stuff. You know, I got to be honest with you, man. I never really was stressed out when I worked. I, you know, I always had a, you know, obviously we're armed and you always have that level of, you got to pay attention to what's going around, going on around you. Right. As a business owner, (laughs) <laughs> way, way, way more stressful. Way different. I'll tell you why. I swear to God, man. I'll have. I'll. I'll give you. I'll give you auto. Like literally, me involved in a shooting, and I'm like, 
eh, have some backups respond. I need a perimeter. I just got involved in shooting. Never bothered me. Like I, like I wouldn't get – most guys are screaming. Like you can't even understand it. You're like you're telling them on the radio, shut the fuck up and tell me where you're at. You know, it's like you're screaming like a chick. I can't tell. But listen to me. Owning a business – and I've owned plenty of businesses, but, man, owning a gym <laughs> – the 15th comes around and the pay and, and everybody's credit card goes through. And then I get the email and there's like, Oh, you got 17 people whose credit cards didn't go through. And I'm like, Oh fuck me, man. Now I got to call these people. I got to try to collect. I mean, it's, there's just such a level of stress. So being an entrepreneur, man, in my opinion, it's harder than being a fucking cop because you know, at least you're ready for it. You're, you're like looking for it. Like you just, you always got shit coming at you when you're an entrepreneur. Uh, what are we in? A pandemic? Who's seen this shit happening? You know, right. Right. way more stressful. I knew every two weeks I had a paycheck waiting for me at the police department. Man, this is like, you know. It's, it's, like, it's like, you know, people talk about wartime presidency or wartime leadership. And it's like, dude, being an entrepreneur, you're pretty much always wartime leading because you know, you're always like one incident away from causing like a small battle in your facility. And that could be anything, right? Like a broke, broken piece of equipment, drama amongst members, like so many little things. And oh, never you know, right now, yeah, we are in a, a massive, a massive battling situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, very few, if any, have real clear experience on how to navigate through it, other than giving kind of philosophical or structural means of how to analyze your situation. And again, it just goes back to owners like, dude, you need to analyze the financial, uh, uh, you know, ethos, economy, environment, whatever sexy term you want to use right. of your business to really understand what's at stake, you know, what, what's at stake, what's on the table. Are you going to survive? Can you survive existing rent conditions with decreased revenue conditions? You know, do you, you know, is your ego bigger than the actuality of how many members are going to come back when you open? Yep. You know, what happens if there is a resurgence? You know, maybe this first wind isn't bad as the second wind. You know, like I've been doing some some reading on this because people talk about the Spanish flu. And, you know, it wasn't the first wave of the Spanish flu that killed everybody. It was like the third or something like that wow. um, that actually killed the bulk of the people. And, you know, what, what I do think is helpful is continuous conversations amongst people like us who can, you know, create some humor, take it seriously, see some of the, the, the gaps, some of the holes, uh, uh, you know, acknowledge the shit that's real, maybe shake off some of the stuff that's, that's, you know, kind of surface level and always have a realistic approach, which is that, dude, there are zero experts out there. And my, my overarching message to affiliate owners out there are now is not the time to be buying into anyone's program, Right. Now is not the time. Um, and, I, you know, I opened the conversation with this about, because I'm really adamant about it, about consultants in our industry. And I think something that affiliate owners need to remember is this. And if, you're, if you own a consulting company out there, take this into consideration. Instead of being upset with me, be upset with yourself. Okay, check this out. If you're a consultant and you're in the pharmaceutical industry, you're consulting for companies that do hundreds of millions, and billions of dollars. So it makes sense on an economy of scale when you're charging 500, 700, $1,000 an hour, right? 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 a month for consulting. 
Because on an economy of scale, your impact is giant, right? What you're doing. You're also servicing with direct deliverables and constant impact. You're basically, as a consultant for companies, a lot of times, uh, you, you are basically like a temporary employee, right? You're being paid to provide a service. You provide the service. There has to be positive impact or you're terminated or certainly not hired again, right? right? In our industry, consultants come in and if you do not, perf if, if they come in and they say they, they do their job, they, bl they blame the outcome on you, right? Constantly. Oh, well, this gym didn't do everything I said should do. And then they move on to the next needy individual. What's even worse is if you're charging $1,000 a month, $5,000, and this is one of the reasons why I got out of it. Because I got to a point where unless I didn't, you know, if you couldn't tell me, no, JP, listen, I want to pay you this money because that's how important you are to just the sanity and sanctity of my business. I would look at you and be like, dude, if you're doing 20 grand a month in revenue, because by the way, based on Tribe, Wattify, and maybe even Push Press, like the average revenue, monthly revenue from an affiliate owner is like 15 grand a month. Right. Okay. So if that's the average revenue generated, not net, fucking just gross revenue, and you're charging someone a thousand bucks a month, like do the percentage of what their gross revenue is. Yeah, like 7.5% or some shit. Now imagine if their net revenue is 20%. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Say it's 30%, right? So off of 15 grand, they're doing 4,500 bucks a month and you're charging a thousand bucks a month. What percentage of their net revenue are you charging them to consult? 25, 30%? They're dangling that bait in Holy front of them. Holy shit. Dude, you're you know. taking food off of their table. Listen, in the real world, consultants don't take food off of corporations' tables. When you take food off a company's table, you know what they do? Oh, they yeah. fucking send you. They send you on the long walk off the plank. And consultants in our industry are unproven in 3Xing, 5Xing, 10Xing results. And I don't want to see 1, 2, 10. I want to see law of large numbers of the results. I've spoke to these people. And the reason why I'm saying this, because if this is the most impactful thing I can say on this podcast, then great, is this. When I was asking about all this bullshit, oh, go online or you're going to lose all your clients. I was always like, fuck you. You don't know if I'm going to lose all my clients. You don't know my clients. And if you do, that's weird. And I want to know how, right? right. <laughs> you're a fucking stalker. How do you know them all? And if you do know them all, you have an amazing memory. Because <laughs> I've known them for 10 years and I can't remember them all. Right. So I say to you is this. You're telling me they're retaining all their members. That's a load of horseshit. Yeah, we've retained like 100% of our members, but 40% of them went on hold. Right. You're not talking about that number. How many of affiliates across America have retained 100% of their clients paying since the closure? Well, you don't, you don't do that without a pandemic. <laughs> That's right. Nobody's That's, doing that without a pandemic. Nobody's doing that without. So now all of a sudden, you're, all of a sudden your retention got better or even better. Now they're promoting, oh, we had 27 of our clients were able to actually gain 22 new members and charge an extra $100 a month. They're charging $300 a month for their online Zoom class. Have yeah. you guys seen the product that Street Parking and NC Collective produce at fucking $30 a month, $19 a month, and you're telling me they're paying you $300 when I can have Jason Kalipa for $30 produce a multi-million dollar platformed product on every level, and he's the guy doing it, and you're some like mediocre athlete delivering a below 
subpar quality product and I'm gonna give you $300 a month to show me how to do a fucking dumbbell snatch in my apartment. And then yeah. you're gonna give me nutritional with a, a jug of milk, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna give me nutritional con a, a nutritional consult for my house when it takes me two weeks to get a Whole Foods order, or I have to stand online for four hours, so I'm buying minimal snacks to survive. That's why my fasting group has been kicking ass lately, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like guys, dude. That let's let's be honest. Like I'm all about opportunity and capitalizing, but for these guys to go in there and capitalize on. Uh, in an industry that they say they were birthed out of to me, man, just like lacks so much integrity, like so much integrity. Yeah. We're in a, we're in a different world, man. We're definitely in a different world. And, uh, you know, um, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think any of us do, but I would say though, that we're all at, and I, I hate to use this term ground zero, but maybe we're at, if your business was doing really good before, or if you were failing, or if you were in the middle, or if you're trying to change how your operation runs, you know, or change, you know, are you going to individual program design? Did you want to add classes? Did you want to institute yes. this new software? I think right now is your opportunity to do that. If you were thinking 100%. about closing, close. If you were thinking about changing your operations, do it now. We're all at the new starting line, okay? This is a brand new marathon right? And the starting gun hasn't gone off yet. We've all gonna, we're all going to react to the new rules, the new situation. And if you think you can pull it off, I think you should pull it off. If you had some changes you want to make, if you had some operations, or if you want to hire, fire, quit, you know, buy, sell, whatever the fuck you wanted to do. I think right now we're all at the same starting line and nobody knows, you know, who's going to win, right? We just don't know. So that's my two cents. And if you're, yep. if you're, if you're feeling froggy, jump. If yep, and scared, and, get out. Yeah, man. And my close, my my closing statement. I know you guys want to wrap it up. We've been, we've been. I appreciate the platform to yap it up, and hopefully, we'll do it again after we reopen and kind of <clears throat> do a callback to where we're at. Yep. You know, on on a reality when we actually open. You know, I'll just kind of leave it at this. You know, uh, Bizwad. This is not a plug, but Bizwad is up. Oh, by all means, plug it. Plug it. So Bizwad is up. A, 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 it's a free platform, man. And it's literally all of the documentation Marty and I have used to run our affiliates. It's, dude, nothing sugar-coated. It's all the stuff we use at Brick. You can shit all over it. You can copy it. You can, you can literally download it all and start your own consulting company if you want. Like, if that's how you live your life, feel free. Take the documents and go do what you want with them. It's there for you to use in hopes that somebody can have a little bit of an easier time in their day. I've done really well in this industry, man, over 10 years. And I don't need to, you know, I don't need to trip over what do they say, like trip over nickels to trip over nickels to pick up pennies. Like, dude, I've, 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 I've had my, you know, my net and catch filled, filled with lobster, you know, and I'm willing to share at the table at, at with no cost of admission, take it uh, as you will. And um, the second thing is I've always offered my time up. People want to reach out to me, shoot the shit on the phone do it. Most of the time I offer that people don't take it because they don't want to hear my honest perspective. Cause I'm usually a guy that's going to shoot straight with you. You know, can call me a douche, a dickhead, whatever you want. I'm, I'm just going to be a straight shooter, tell you how I feel. But uh, you know, hopefully that allows you to gain some respect that uh, you know, anything I would say to you on this podcast, I would say to you off of it and say it in front or behind your back. Right. And then, you know, the third thing is I'll end on, on, um, on Tate's quote, because there's no better time for it to be relevant, which is, at a time when it's most easy to point your finger, like literally 
this is one of the easiest times you'll ever have in your life to blame uncontrolled exterior ulterior circumstances, right? Like you didn't start the pandemic or at least the two of you, I don't think did. And if you did, that's kind of a dick. That's pretty, pretty big of a dick move of you, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you guys were too busy doing something less important than starting a fucking pandemic from China. So, um, uh, you're too busy, like heckling and trolling. So, uh, I'm going to end on this man is, is because of that, now is the time that you get to fucking strap your boots on, tighten up your shorts, and be about some shit. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Thank you, JP, for being on, Stephen. And JP, let's definitely um, let's follow up on this when we get more information and we see some more shit going down and we hear back from some folks. And then we'll definitely do this again, brother. Love it. Look forward to it, guys. Thanks again for having me. Man. Yeah, really awesome. Best of luck. And uh, everybody want to get a hold of JP. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? JP at brick.fit or at bizwad if they want to do the Instagrams or at J-A-R-E-T-T-P if they want to do the social medias with me. Yeah, Perfect. thank you for offering up, man. I'm going to go on at bizwad and check that out first thing. Yeah. Once I, get off awesome. of this. I appreciate you offering that, man. Good yep. stuff. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you later. All right. Stay healthy, gents.